Okay, on on third thought, this may have not been such a great idea. It, it, it's significantly ricketier than I even anticipated. Why is why is the sky the color of absinthe? It does suggest something about the atmospheric composition. Yeah. Which opens some questions. Does this place have an atmosphere? Uh, we can breathe, but does that mean it has like an atmosphere like Earth does? Or it's just like, who decided? I've seen a sky that's green since LA back in the 80s. Maybe that's just part of the appeal. Like, this is the question we've been pondering. It's not absinthe. It's not sick. It's mint colored. Mint? Yes. Though it definitely doesn't smell like that. Um, so wait... Uh, my understanding is, wait, is it the sky is blue on our planet? Yes. Because of the, uh, the the wavelengths of light and what it's the one that I can't remember. I was this this was explained to me when I asked the question why the sky is blue as a child, and in the years since I've forgotten the scientific explanation. Um, it's the atmosphere diffracts light in certain wavelengths. All, all those layers of ozone and oxygen and whatnot create sort of a lens effect that. Um, I believe defract is the correct term. Defracts a particular shade of blue, which varies. That does make sense. On. And that's why uh, as the sun rises and sets, the color's different because it's going through more or less atmosphere depending on the time of day. Oh, yes. That makes sense. That's why it's like red sky at night and all that. Okay. So we've just got a different atmosphere then. Well, um, okay. Sun. You told me this was in other space, and it is, as far as I know, about, listen, I've been to some weird fucking places, man. Uh, I, I think someone took me to Venus once. Like, I was in a suit. Like, you know, a monkey suit, but it, it helped a little bit. Was it um, Dinosaur Venus or Sexy Venus, or both? It was It was just Sexy Dinosaur Venus, which was... Of course. That, that presented its own issues. Did that awaken anything in you? Moving on. What I know about other spaces is that they're defined less by what they aren't and more what they are, if you kind of get what I mean. Like, if you if you define another space with hospitable to human life, even if there's technically no oxygen there or whatever, it's still going to be hospitable to human life, right? Yeah, they say it's rule number one of building another space is to make sure it's hospitable to human life, although I would question that like yeah i can think of some some reasons why you wouldn't do some that these cases yeah like, like you you want a particular experimental environment I, i'd imagine define other space in terms of physics or chemistry or any other physical science is probably going to give you some pretty skewed results the physics are going to be pretty inherently incomplete they they do run on dream logic they yes. say uh, because i have my own thoughts about um science um, and, and physics and chemistry within the universe that we're used to, considering it's a humanocentric universe, I believe that most scientific laws are actually poetic metaphors for the human condition. But regardless, I mean, they, are, they exist. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly my point. Like, entropy is about how we all fall apart in the end. I, I just tend to... Th <laughs> all right, Marquez, settle down. Um... <laughs> I, I tend to think of it as just kind of stuff that the clergy's cobbled together when people start looking too closely at the seams of the reality they built. It's kind of like, um, you know, quantum physics was a hotfix for reality when people were looking at the code too closely, so to speak. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe there's some deep meaning behind the fact that we can't tell if something is a particle or a wave. Uh, I assume that 
the poet or the pretentious artist are up there in the clergy somewhere. So that, that probably has something to do with it. I think any sort of element of how physics works in our reality has at least a few different purposes going on. You know, different members of the clergy have different things in mind for it. I'm not sure that the, like, the clergy has much to do with how science works today because it's not like the scientific method gives different results when a godwalker ascends. It's still, like, it still works the same uh, for the most part. Experimental results don't okay, change. Okay, but science changes all the time, especially when you get into the realm of something that theoretical. That's true, but there's not been much evidence. Pe- people still have been unable to uh, rectify and square the circle between quantum physics and relativity. Like, that, be- that being probably the most famous example. Obviously, there's some things that the clergy... At least in my opinion, we're just kind of making up as they went. It's kind of like, you know, the whole well, thing. But, what, but the clergy that built the, the universe that we live in, well, not this particular bubble universe, but yes. the universe we usually live in, that was the previous clergy, in my understanding. It's it, with their universe Well, collapsed. yeah, but we know that they can still change reality. I mean, again, look sure. at what happened with 333. But can they, they can't exactly... I Have they changed, like, the boiling point of water... Or the speed of What's light? What's the point no. in changing the boiling point of water? Or the speed of light? Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's fair. That's it fair. It just sometimes when the humans, the, the meat bags, whatever, are looking too closely at exactly how the sausage is made or how the sausage is built, you kind of need to come up with stuff on the spot. And hell, that may be part of why there hasn't been any well, they're, they're real when they paradigm work, shifts in physics for, like, over half a century. Well, considering that when there is, like, an issue where the, the clergy or the universe or whatever does decide to, like, fix a problem, it's never super smart like that. It's always no. they send, a, like, a surgical team okay. like, from Jacob's Ladder. Have you looked at quantum like, physics? Tell me that was, like, intelligently designed. That's what I mean. Maybe you're right, it's a couple together, but we don't know. We don't know. No, we don't. The universe is under no uh, obligation to make sense to you. Yes, that is absolutely true. And uh, I suspect that there's probably parts of the universe that are kind of uh, subject to certain degrees of... Oh, God, I'm forgetting the term, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some parts of the universe that were made by members of the clergy that are no longer up there and thus nobody really remembers how that stuff even works they just kind of that's a really crazy like far future ua game where it's like like star trek but the universal laws work differently depending where you go i think there was a stennis law lem well that's story about i mean there's speculation about the universe that's how it works that the laws of physics are much more localized than we tend to think of them and that's pretty that's pretty dope that's that's that should be something i'm gonna put a pin in that for an idea yeah um and it, it, it would be interesting if there was different parts of the universe that had like more or less sway from various well yeah changes in the rate of entropy um yes Stuff like that. My understanding is that on something as local as the galactic level, it tends to be pretty set in stone. But even then, like, if you're somewhere subject to a much greater degree of gravity, for example, like, you're closer to, like, a white dwarf. 
physics tends to get kind of wonky. I mean, you know, the classic examples like the event horizon of a black hole and stuff, but there's less extreme examples of that um, throughout the universe, to my understanding. It does raise the question, and this is a question that um, old school theologians have to deal with, like the the, the ones who deal with like uh, a single creator God created yeah. the universe, but we deal with like oh, uh, it was a committee of it was jury rigged. It was jury rigged by the co- committee of gravity. Or wh- it, it however does, they organize the uh, uh, building the universe. It does raise the question of why they make such a big, massive universe. Because look at this universe, Rickety Land. I mean, I'm pretty sure Rickety Land is just scaffolding, going down somewhere, flying. There's apparently yeah, some there's flying just houses. flying things I'm seeing in the distance. Yeah. It was kind of ominous, but they they ain't anywhere near us for now. So I think we should be fine. Although I, it, it raises a question: How big can you build another space? Um, like, how big can it be on the inside? Like, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I mean, um, the question that I'm wondering for this is, who the fuck built this and why? It, it's hard to know because there are natural other spaces that yeah. are burnt. Well, they're natural. They're, they're, they're not as deliberately created as most people tend to think of other spaces. Um, this, could, this place could have been here for a while. I mean, scaffolding is... A I don't know how old I take this. Does kind of feel dreamlike in a way? Uh, I get yeah. what you mean. I mean, like the the whole dream logic thing, uh, the whole dream logic description for other spaces is one that I actually kind of like a lot because it means it's so subjective. Everyone's dreams are kind of different. Yeah, um, I could very easily see someone dreaming this up, and the dream gets memorable enough that it just kind of stays around as another space. Well, that suggests that like a naturally occurring other space is the product of a person building another space, but not knowing they're doing it, perhaps. Or multiple people, if there's something that... I mean, it, I, it can come from dreams, and I think it's pretty common that these come from dreams, but I don't think the sort of non-deliberately created ones inherently come from dreams. Just dreams are a particularly intense manifestation of the unconscious. I was thinking, like, there are some other spaces. The thing is, you rarely find a natural other space which evokes any fictional works. Usually those are manufactured. Um, and I wonder if this has anything to do with what I was... Uh, uh, someone brought up this point somewhere on the on the internet that very few people dream about using social media, even though everyone's using social media. But social media dreams are extremely weird, extremely rare, or, like, I don't think I've heard of it. I've never had, a, like, a dream when I was using Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, I can't think of any either. Um, though I will say, I did hear about another space that's just an infinitely tall game of Tetris that just plays itself forever. Nobody knows where it came from. I don't know. Is it infinitely tall? Because then it would go on forever. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe that's maybe. Well, I guess infinitely tall in one direction, right? There's still a floor. Oh yeah, but that's still infinitely tall. A zero to positive infinity is still infinity, just as negative infinity to positive infinity is infinity. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know about Tetris World. I'm glad we didn't go to this one. I'm not sure (laughs) that recording in this other space was a great idea. I know we needed to get the studio cleaned. Yeah. Just, this, this, this and this was, was the, the one that was option. available. I had to pull in that favor to get people to come in at three a.m. And you were just kind, of, we were just kind of like, "Hey, what other spaces are open around this time?" And you mentioned this one, and I mean, it was yeah, it was the three three three. The air quality could be better, but I doubt it's any worse than the fumigation that's happening in the studio right now. Look, it is, it is 
conducive to human life, we will be fine. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. My interest, I mean, natural other spaces are interesting, yes. where they come from. Um, but we can make them, people can make them. And that interests yes. me more because you're going to see more manufactured ones out there, people building other spaces to meet certain needs like if you're going to build a cosmos if you're going to build your own universe it's not like a it's 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 going to be because you have some problem or you have some problem you need to solve or some issue with the universe as it is um because there are lots of things you can do with it's very broad what you can do with other spaces but you do yeah. as you say as we say before compatible with human life is usually one of them um and having exits and no death traps and things and I even with spontaneous other spaces. other spaces, right? Uh, how many dreams do you have where there's just no humans? Not even no other humans, just no human spirit. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But they're pretty uncommon, right? I may be, I may be sticking humans to the dream thing too up. much. Yeah, yeah. I may be sticking to the dream thing too much because I think other spaces come from dreams sometimes, but they can come from um, any. Conscious or unconscious uh, manifestation of, well, the consciousness. Yeah, the end of the collective unconsciousness as well. Um, the collective conscious, the collective unconscious, the singular conscious, the singular unconscious. And, you know, everything in between all of them. Well, this is the thing, the classic uh, problem people have when they try to build another space that fits certain conditions. Um, yeah. Like, if they're trying to build, like, they want to build uh, Narnia, right? Sure. Um, then you have to sort of... But you can't just, when you're building the other space, you can't just write all of Narnia. Well, you could use the books that you could use, the movies or whatever, as like parts of the ritual to build the other space. But it's not necessarily going to end up being that way. It all comes down to what rules you set. You're like, this, this definitely has to include this, has to include this, has to include this, has to include this. And people forget things. It's very easy to forget things. What I've heard usually happens with those is uh, the Aslan, like after a couple decades, pretty much inevitably ends up suffering an extreme crisis of faith and, you know, existential crisis when they find out that they're not, in fact, the manifestation of Christ. They're yes, just something that, old. like, a 13-year-old made. Yes, and, and then it gets taken over by, yeah, 13-year-old atheists um, who, who are just there to, like, I, I imagine this poor Asla just sitting there, just like, <laughs> no, this is a great, that's a great other space. <laughs> like sad atheist Aslan. <laughs> in a R ruled by like 13-year-old Christopher Hitchens. Oh, no. Oh, no. And they try, what's, what's, what's that one that's, um, the fantasy one, which is like atheistic. It's like, oh, uh, um, the. Philip Pullman, something? Yeah, Philip Pullman and the. Amber Spike, like I remember the names of the books, but um, can't remember the name of the series. But yeah, Amber Spyglass, the subtle knife. Uh, his dark materials. That's it. That's it. Yeah, they could yeah. be trying to turn it into his dark materials, like yeah. just aesthetically. It's a, it's a nightmare. Making another space is a fairly like making a permanent other space. It's not just going to pop. And there's one thing that's a good point about like how other spaces are called bubbles because they form within. Well, what do they form yeah. within? It's a good question. Uh, but this is a, this goes back to our issue about timelines. Is like where? What is this? Within is it within, like the cosmic foam? Is this within chaos? We can turn chaos into into a cosmos, which is probably how it works. It all comes back to Flagistan. Always does. That's right, and it, it does become very much like you could do like a a spelljammer version of. <laughs> all right, sure, sure. Some sort of vessel that can take you from other space to other space. Yeah, that actually sounds pretty Makes, fun. A lot of other spaces. It's interesting because they do feed on. 
magic, or they do, they they do, they need magic. Yeah. They'll take relationships if they have to, um, and then they'll still they unless until they get their little shell that forms that protects them from the chaos, um, they're gonna keep like taking points off the adept who makes them or any other adept who happens to be in them uh, until they're permanent. Uh, which is interesting, which suggests that these are powered by, you know, like everything else. Yeah, you need something to get that bubble inflated in the first place, right? Well, inflating it's not the problem. It's keeping it from popping. It's keeping it from, like, or or deteriorating. Oh, it's a bit of both, right? Like, um, if you think of a soap bubble, you know, you need to get that bubble around in the first place but then the other thing is that eventually that's just gonna kind of dissolve the tension of the substance ends up falling apart whatever you know the things that make up that bubble wear out i I feel like this metaphor is getting increasingly tenuous but you you understand what i'm getting at right i did have this idea actually that reminds me um like if there was a group that got like actually figured out how to reliably build other spaces and keep them from popping and keeping them together it reminded me a bit of like kit homes or like you get like those yeah. house packages all right um and i'm wondering i'm imagining like some like high level conspiracy who are selling other spaces to adepts and cabals too lazy or too ignorant to do it for themselves and so they just have like a catalog that you go through um and you can do so you can customize it a bit but like a lot of those like suburban kit homes and things you the, the more you customize them the more expensive they are and there's only a certain amount of customization you can do and that could be an interesting thing that could be an interesting like another space in the can yeah another space in the can because if you're going to do something bespoke you have to do it yourself but it's expensive yes so you want to go to these sort of people these groups you'll get something but it might not be completely ideal well, I'd imagine those ones aren't the ones that people aren't really invested enough in for them to stay around very long most of the time. Um, That's true. You know, generally, it's like any other creative endeavor, right? Generally, you are more willing to put in effort into some sort of vision that you have as opposed to just something paint by numbers. So well, you'll get bored. That would exist. Yeah. But you'll, you'll, you're more likely to get bored of the other space in the can after a couple of years, as oh, opposed yeah. to the yes. one that you figured out yourself. Now I'm thinking of like um, those sort of like outsider artists who like yeah. they you die, they die and you find that they have all this art like in their house. It's amazing weird art that they never told anyone about. That probably happens a lot with wizards building other spaces that do survive. Uh, that could be an interesting framework exploring some very weird guys like house and finding another space he's built in there um maybe like figuring out what to do with it or keeping it from collapsing um especially if someone has spent their whole life like slowly tinkering on another space or using it as a creative canvas um maybe there would be a a cabal out there that wants to keep it around just for the sake of keeping it around because they want to maintain the creative vision sure and like that's the other thing too is um so in paint by numbers can turn into something more creative over time. You start yeah. with kind of the rote uh, basics, and then as you figure things out, you're like, oh, I want to add on to this. Same oh. way that you could with a kit house, right? Other space renovators. Yeah. There we go. We can fix this up for you. Yeah, that does raise some questions because there might be some issues with other spaces that are not just because of them popping, but like some like the equivalent of termites. Oh, yeah, I'm sure like mold. astral parasites because they're just floating around and wherever right i can 
Sure, an astral parasite infestation in another space could easily turn into a pretty big problem. There's also the question of other space entities are not humans necessarily, but they're not necessarily aliens either, but also they could be. Um, One mentioned in book two when it talks about other spaces, that the things that you can find in other spaces other space occupants talking about like they might be filled it might be filled with talking eagles who eat humans for dinner it have might have a might hold a tribe from a millennia ago uh, but it mentions an entire culture of adepts eager for new worlds to culture which does suggest that in some other spaces there can be people who can use magic or occupants who can use magic yes um, though you and- know in some cases uh, that could come from just a group of adepts that settled in another space and started a society there but they like originally came from earth a cargo cult we, we would, uh, oh yeah there you go somewhere yeah, um, stone so, uh, 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 a stow- a bunch of stowaways in the cosmic cargo yeah. it does mention that native inhabitants of other spaces can access this world in the same way that we access other spaces through rituals so i'm assuming this only counts for like um permanent other spaces although it would be interesting to have like if there was another space that was undergoing a collapse but the native inhabitants knew about it or some of them knew about it and they were desperately trying to get out of it and escaping into well that's actually kind of interesting because um we know that in our reality that rituals are just sort of tears in the fabric of the universe right little holes that you can worm your fingers into um but I wonder if that's the same thing in other spaces where other spaces' rituals are just taking advantage of the sort of gaps in the logic and how they were initially defined. And I think what this kind of implies is just that our universe can be considered pretty much the same as another space just created by a group of very powerful and very far-seeing occultists. That's a good point. One question is, like, other spaces are built on the logic of dreams, but native inhabitants treat our reality the same way that we treat the other space. So, is our reality reality also, does it seem to operate on dream logic to them? We live inside a dream. You don't know if you're a butterfly or you're a philosopher. Just Um, just Paul stretched that out and, yeah have that over the entire episode a few times like uh the second to last episode of uh twin peaks there you go twin peaks is good it's a good example no like honestly yeah good other space fodder um yeah lots of interesting other realities i i i know of like at least three uh red rooms black lodges that buddies of mine have made usually they're kind of half-baked i mean there's some fucked up stuff in there you don't want to put too much into but you know it's it's a cool it's a cool visual so i get it turning sets or like very individual oh yeah we've been on one of we've been on one of those before and that enterprise was pretty you know it was wasn't the worst you know there's parts that are obviously incomplete but that tends to be the case with like a lot of stuff when they care a lot of nerd shit where they care very heavily about adherence to canon and it's not like there's a canonical a description of every single room on the enterprise and also like people who make other spaces like there are the people who want it to be very close to canon and they would like try to like the model kit maker other space makers but there's also those who are more like fan fiction inspired yeah, yeah. um which is a lot i mean it, you could be your own mary sue people like that sort of shit for obvious reasons 
And well, like to see. the people that make it like that sort of shit. I've heard some horror stories for other spaces made for that purpose. Where, and then the other entities inside that other space, when they realize what they were made for, tend to get pretty pissed off. Oh yeah, not only just if they were like if it was like a, a sexy place, unnecessarily sexy place, but also for things that are very like wish fulfillment. Well, yeah, just finding out that your entire existence is literally to be a prop in the power fantasy of someone else is pretty terrible. One of those really silly like crossovers. Yeah, like they did. They, they wanted to. They des. They were so desperate to to see Star Wars versus Star Trek that they built an other space. And now, and now the people in the other space are like, hang on, this is wrong. Oh, I've heard of some cases of like those people wandering out into our universe and finding out just how out of character they are. Yes. Yeah, like that, that's the that's the danger of the whole creating intelligent entities in another space thing. Um, is it can go wrong real fast. I, I, I've heard some people that think that, you know, any entity made in another space isn't, like, really intelligent or have a soul or whatever. Um, but, look, there's always people... People are just love... Any opportunity someone has to treat a seemingly sentient, like, entity as if it doesn't have a soul, people will just grab onto that. Well, yeah, and we have to keep in mind the difference between, like, a soul in the sort of broadly used ethical sense of, you know, has qualia versus, you know... We, we know that souls literally exist. It's it's something sure. that, for good or for ill, entities in this universe are kind of stuck with. My soul score is higher than yours, but your Yes, yeah, see, the famous SQ. Yeah, that's right. That, that might be quotient. the previous universe. Yeah. When, when you have a complex enough entity, even if they don't like literally have a soul in the metaphysical sense, they can still basically have quality. It, it's the AI, AI issue, right? You, you're dealing with a complex enough interface... That it's impossible to tell whether or not it whether or not it does have qualia. You might as well just consider it as someone that has qualia. It, it weirdly reminds yeah, yeah, yeah. me, like when people bring this up, it weirdly reminds me of like uh, whenever anyone says like that's not even real music, I'm just like I dismiss it immediately. What is real music? Someone, <laughs> exactly. What's fake music? When people music? say they ca- they can't have a soul, they're just another space entity, I immediately dismiss it as like no. We don't know. Fuck off. Like, you just want to enslave them. Though, the soul question is kind of important, because from what we know, like, adept magic and channeling avatars is kind of reliant on that in some way. Though they don't mention... that canonically, according to book two, that some other space entities can use adept magic. Yes, though they they don't mention avatars, which is interesting. So, I'm wondering if, like... Avatars are a sort of localized phenomena to a given universe? Because most people, when they build their other space, they don't think about adding has its own invisible clergy, which is a dangerous game to play. Well, I mean, the natural thing that people would do, I think, is just be the invisible clergy of their own pocket universe, right? Sure. So you just, but it's, you just be God. So you could just, like, program your I mean, space to. You're already making a universe. I'd say that, by definition, you qualify as the god of this universe. <laughs> I know, but there's different levels of it, depending on, like, how you program yes, and how yes. you, what qualities you put into it. Like, do you, you, do can, you like, give yourself it. access to the console commands, so to speak, after you've already made it? What is it? Like, when you're doing a game and you're, like, making a scenario for said game, and so you're in the scenario builder? Oh, the, 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 like, the, the dev kit. Mod tools, whatever. Yes, the mod tools, yeah. yeah. And you're not necessarily going to have access to mod tools unless you 
program that in at the beginning when you're building yeah. your other space because you want to have those mod tools. And you could even program like do it so there's different levels of mod tools. Like me personally, I have this access, and yeah. other people that I let in, my friends, they have this access, and uh, just random people, they don't have any access or they have a very limited access. Uh, a very natural concern to have is setting up the proper uh, permissions and security for your other space. Well, I wonder if this is something that may have come about because we know that like um, human pop culture and human technology does affect how magic manifests in many ways. And I wonder if like older older other spaces might have been more inspired by like the logic of writing or the logic of like TV. And like nowadays people make other spaces and of course they're going to be inspired by computer games and video games. You see that a lot when people have like the sort of philosophical arguments people have are clearly inspired by video games in one way or another. I mean, I guess the thing that's sticks out to me about that is I, I think there's still probably people building other spaces through the logic of writing or art sure. or whatever but you know when you're kind of making a video game because of the whole programming thing there is a greater level of logical rigor behind the creation of that kind of art right you need to have a pretty solid idea of like I mean you need to pretty much inherently define how everything works in a pretty nitty-gritty fashion compared to something like a painting. I think it depends on the parts of other space creation that interest you and what you're going for with said other space, right? It says that the more qualities you tag your space with, the better you can define it. But it also says that each one requires an action which adds percentiles to the objective. And that's an abstraction, but it does suggest that maybe there's a sort of limit to how much you can, how many tags you can add before the other space just appears in front of you. Um, yeah, like, the, that's the that's a very good point that, uh, I'd imagine that permanent other spaces tend to be more kind of rigorous and thoroughly defined just because the effort to make another space very solidly defined requires putting more charges into it. And eventually you put enough charges into it that it's gonna be permanent it also probably def like requires some very careful wording i would suggest with this sort of thing it reminds me of like um the dangers of making a wish um uh, to a genie you have to make sure that you say things the right way or else you'll get a, a whole well and that's a double-edged sword that they simply bring up in their uh, write-up in book two which is that the more details you have the more that so-called devils can hide in there. If yeah. you know there's a blatant gap in the logic of your other space, you kind of know to avoid that and know that, okay, this is kind of a soft spot that we need to keep in mind. When you try to really thoroughly define another space, it's much easier to lose track of and not even be able to recognize the issue spots. It's a difference between a hole that you know is there and like little bugs in the code so to speak that are there outside of your knowledge just as a logical co consequence of principles that of the many principles that you've already assigned to the other space yeah it, it probably has lots of different parameters and what could cause problems i've heard that size causes major problems like if you want to make an other space it's the size of a room it's normally fine 
building is normally fine, but you can make them as big as you want. But the bigger you get them, the more space there is for your rules to uh, interact in ways you didn't expect and out of context problems to develop. The further you walk away from your entrance into the other space, the more things start to get less like you expect. And that makes, like, think of the difference between, like, a parking lot and a sprawling freeway system, right? Yep. Parking lot, there can still be accidents there, but it's a much more closed space and system, so the sort of types of accidents are much more limited when you compare it to, like, a sprawling freeway. Exactly. I'm also thinking of... I was just reminded of this because I've been on a... I've been reading a lot of Clive Barker, and nice. I'm thinking of the old um, the Hellraiser situation of, like, oh... I wanted to summon the pleasure demons, but I didn't realize that their definition of pleasure was different from mine. Yeah, that that's indistinguishable. Like other space. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. damn it. The the succubus dimension I made is full of demon women that are actually stealing my soul while I sleep. That 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 that's a pretty obvious <laughs> one. You should always you should have known that to begin with. Well, yeah, but like that, that's kind of the thing with any like entry level occultist. The the first thing they always want to know is how do I summon a succubus. It's like, oh, yeah. and especially when you deal with other spaces, like you can you you can make sexy people that aren't demons or even in the shape of demons. Like that's allowed. That's saying like when you're first getting into the cult, I think people tend to get kind of uh, stuck on their preconceptions of the aesthetics of what the occult can do. Well, this is the issue because it becomes like when people make those sexy other spaces, it becomes the thing of um, they do they want to just make a world of like uh, sort of uh, like basically sex robot world or sex doll world. Yeah, but like but then, just buy a sex doll wrong. if that's what you're exactly. interested in. Like the the, the, the issue these are always... to spell on it and, and, and just or, or fool yourself. Just do some hallucination yeah. magic. You can do a lot in your own head. The, the, no, there's way easier ways space. to pull this off. I, I, I think the reason that people, there's so many sexy other spaces and things that run into similar ethical issues is just that, you know, kind of inherently, you know, fooling around with something is a lot more fun when it has qualia, right? Sure. But whenever you make something with qualia, there's pretty inherently a ton of ethical issues that suddenly arise. Yes. And people keep trying to dodge that problem, and they always fail. That's that's an issue. And it's not just... The, the ethical issues are a big part, but it's also... You'll, you'll hear stories about, like, these occultists who build, like, their sex other space. Yeah. And they just, like, end up depressed by it. Yeah. Uh, because they've missed the the higher levels of Maslow's hierarchy of leads, which I'm looking at, for some inspiration <laughs> on why people build other spaces. Sure. Right? So, so, for example, I'm looking down the bottom. Physiological needs. So you're breathing food, water, shelter, clothing, sleep. Which those sort of needs. That, that, like, them in another space. If you're a powerful cool. enough occultist, that's really nice. If you're out somewhere starving, you just make an other space. That's an apple orchard. Yeah. Problem solved. Great. That's it. And think about the house prices, Frank. Yeah. The housing crisis. It's a good way to deal with housing prices. But then you could say, okay. That just creates a new sort of potential for a Ponzi scheme where people, the people are reselling other spaces to each other and building more. Oh no. Uh, but still, it's relatively easy. Listen, I don't want to dwell too much on the economic implications of literally being able to create new realities. That, that, that's that's a bit of a rabbit hole. That, that breaks a lot of the fundamental uh, 
like limits and suppositions that most schools of economics are built upon. Although I could easily see like um, some economists being like, "Oh, this 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 planet is dying. Climate change is a problem. How can we have continual growth?" Aha! Other spaces. <laughs> sure. This will save capitalism. I haven't heard of any economists that have really seriously considered the implications of like matter fabricator machines. You know, I'm sure someone's done it. It's been uh, theoretically discussed. You can find like thoughts on it okay. but it does sort of it's it's a worm most yeah well because most e- uh, economics is built on the assumption of scarcity and when you throw yes. that out then a lot of things change well that that's the idea there's um i did read one book that was talking about um different potential futures and they were thinking about what happens if we have the matter replicators from like Star Trek, like yeah. matter replicators yeah. and scarcity has gone away. It sort of depends on whether or not we decide, okay, this this uh, this means that everyone has as much as they want. We'll have like luxury space communism or it's no, 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 no. We'll just have intellectual property rights to building different things and people will own the intellectual property. It'll be like, you can't, you can't build this. You can't use your matter replicator to make this particular hamburger unless you pay mcdonald's or burger king as a fee i mean if there's anything that i've kind of learned from like the nft bullshit it's that even when we get rid of scarcity there's certain people out there that are totally happy to reintroduce it artificially for no good reason you can apply that with other spaces quite easily other spaces not everyone can build a permanent other space it needs a lot of effort and maybe it's just an issue with humans right where we we need some sense of exclusivity to feel validated perhaps that that'll be higher on, on the uh yeah. on the uh on the maslow's hierarchy of needs actually some sense that we have something that others don't otherwise we just feel like shit that's that's a human thing but looking at this like we've also got like safety and security like health and employment and property but it, in other space terms it would be more abstracted um it could be easy to see like um, people who can't afford healthcare going to a wizard who's got the hospital dimension and he charges a hefty fee um but it's not in money it's in something else the socialized healthcare other space also known as like most of western europe wait this is another space this is just canada (laughs) (laughs) ah classic mistake when you get further up the the hierarchy of needs when you get to like love and belonging sense of connection family intimacy and then self-esteem and all these very more abstracted things it yeah. becomes harder to use in other space um to deal with them because you're not gonna if you build your sex dimension with your like like uh newton succubi that are not gonna suck your soul out um to design the them in point? a way that they're not going to be dangerous to you. That's the point. You're also... It's <laughs> a point. Yeah, that that, point. Ruins, that, that ruins like, the whole arrangement. Eventually going to be like, I feel sad. I am so lonely. I am a depressed man. Well, yeah, I like, you, you, you... So many of those things on the hierarchy of needs, you fundamentally need another being that you do not have control over to get that. Something that is independent of yourself. And when you're making other entities, then, yeah, you kind of ain't getting that. You just have sort of the, tr- you can have the increasingly realistic and immersive trappings of that sort of relationship, and for some people that's enough. But that kind of explains why you see so many uh, younger cultists who've just built their own little, very personal, very um, idiosyncratic sex other space, yeah. like talking about it all the time and trying to get people to come and visit because they want to show it off because that's an important thing. Like, look what I've created. 
and uh, very rarely you should never go no, never no, ever don't don't it's it's like a it's a rite of passage for any occultist that knows how to make other spaces and you should never ever go there it gets weird it, yes yes and it's meant to but it does like it's sort of uh it lacks it lacks a lot well yeah like i said fundamentally fooling around with people is a lot more fun when you don't have godlike power over them and when they have qualia Yes, but once the Qualia starts coming in, that creates the problem of, can they rebel? Can they fight against you? Is it, and it raises huge ethical issues if you're becoming the god. If you've got like, if you're like in that, um, that Twilight Zone episode where the kid controls the town and you're basically that level, they're going to try to take you down. You're the evil wizard. If you stick with that too long, it gets weird and you get weird. Like think to Zeus, right? Zeus could fuck whoever he wanted, and he frequently did. But he often did it in real weird ways. Well, yeah, the like, uh, power you have the yeah, he, like, to act like a Greek god. Yeah, and Zeus, you know, Zeus got to a point where he's like, I can only get off if I'm a swan. <laughs> like, you don't want to reach that point. Then there's a question of, like, if you've got other spaces which are designed collectively, can you, like, minimize that process? Can you... Can you have a more healthy, like, well, sort of yes. social dynamic? Yes, in building I, I think space? so, but, you know, it always comes with the inherent issues of that come from dealing with other people. And as always, the thing of, like, oh, I have this sprawling creative vision that because other people are also involved in this project, I need to uh, compromise on in some way. Yeah. I can no longer make a sex dimension just for my own weird shit. I need to do it for these other guys weird shit as well and somehow come to a compromise there i now now i'm imagining like a, a like an other space version of like george lucas who made an amazing world-renowned like famous uh, other space that everyone liked but he wasn't happy with it so he tinkered with it and now no one everyone's angry well and he made an other space with a bunch of other people that were also very talented and all those people left and he was left as the only one to tinker with it and then he ruined it yeah this opens up like some play opportunities i do like the idea because the fact that like if you have other space entities with qualia and to have souls or consciousness or whatever and they can leave and they can access our world yeah i've been wondering that because like we know they can but that probably leads to some real weird shit. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised well, thinking... if a good number of unnatural entities started as oh, just yeah. inhabitants of another space. But, like, imagine, like, you've got your cabal and there's, like, you're a member of, like, a fan yeah. group or something. And there's one member of your fan group who's a bit too intense, a bit too weird. And then you realize that he's made his own little, like, very self-aggrandizing, very god-plot complexy other space based on your fandom. And you find this out because one of the inhabitants has escaped and is looking for help because they want to get rid of this horrible god emperor. Yeah, that's a fun plot. That, that could be fun. That could be fun. Like, you'd have to go in there and slowly learn how to control it like he does. And he probably... And you have to learn his psychology or learn it better um, to figure out how he would have... Because you won't know what qualities he put into the other space when he I'm admittedly it, somewhat figure concerned. It out. You know, maybe this is just being in RPG spaces for this long, but we are presented with the idea of literal, literally infinite creative potential, and we just keep coming back to stupid fandom bullshit. Well, that's... Petty, petty fandom bullshit. Well, yeah, and they're going to be people inspired... Are inspired by the culture they're in. Yeah, yeah, it's the same dynamics that drive fan fiction and whatnot. Exactly. Like, no one is absolutely creative. No, everything comes of course from, Like, great artists steal 
there's probably lots of like sort of remixing of different because why not if you're building a, a cosmos if you're building a universe you can do whatever you want with it but you want some restrictions or else like if it's just like i can do whatever i want it's going to lose all sense of scale and proportion and um it's like playing states. gta with the G the cheat codes on exactly exactly you'll be like this is this is boring after a while um and you know that's that definitely happens um where people will make another space that they think, oh, I can do whatever I want, I can do, I can be a god, and then they get bored with it after two weeks because there's no point. Going back to the economists we were talking about before, one thing I was uh, thinking, uh, if you were doing trying to do something with another space that was less about um, like personal gratification and more about, you could use it as a way to do experiments. And you sort of yes. raised this up when you thought about like, uh, you don't have to make it compatible with human life if the point of your other space is to do some weird, like, physics experiments or really weird, like, um, abstract metaphysical experiments. Like, what if the, like, let's, let's see how, how much we can change the physical properties of the universe until we don't have a universe. Trying to find that Goldilocks. Like, what's the scale of the Goldilocks? Um, uh, okay, that's interesting. It's like one have the properties of this other space diverge so much that the bubble pops, so to speak. Yeah. Like, or, or, like, how far can we go? So, it, like, what can we make? What, like, for, in all the way down to, like, basic metaphysical, um, like, causality and all this sort of nonsense. Yeah, when you start messing around with ideology and shit. Yes. Yeah, that's when things start getting foggy. Or, in a, on a smaller scale, a more human level, you could have social scientists who have these great theories and models, like economists and such, about how the universe works, but they can't actually run tests because you can't do an empirical experiment on like anything from economics because it, it's it's just not going to happen. Well, and I, uh, I just but with an other space you can. I'd expect that the issue that all these people inevitably run into is that in other space is fundamentally a different environment from like our universe, right? Say you're an you economist. Can make it close? That basically requires, especially for like something like the social science, building a hu human being and all the idiosyncrasies of how we can potentially work from scratch. How many rules do human beings operate on? Well, it reminds me of like those um, their programming things, the the AI learning, like emergent um, behavior sort of things, where they'll get like a, a little man that's trying to walk up steps but doesn't know how to walk up steps, but they run it enough times that it figures out how to move its arms, then move its arms and legs in the right way after enough rolls. Um, and they do like experiments with with like different terrain and different um, yeah lengths of the limbs and whatnot different numbers of joints and i was thinking like you could do the use the other space to make like for example um homo economicus like the perfectly rational man that makes like all his economic decisions based entirely on like what am i gonna how am i gonna manufacture like um maximize the benefit from this transaction which doesn't really exist in reality because people make decisions for a lot of irrational well reasons. and that's the interesting thing there is that's probably easier to define than like real life our universe humans full of all sorts of contradictions and idiosyncrasies and whatnot well then you could take that and you could compare it to our universe and see what the, what the difference is i mean um uh, like fundamentally i don't think economics really cares about interiority that much it's not really concerned with that and cool homo it economicus is. It, because it's all about um especially like orthodox economics is all about like people why people make the decisions that that's fair that's, that's fair point. actually there is a lot of concern with motive and the, that's the thing creating humans with motive 
and complex motives is really hard, I think. On some level, you can just be like, when you're defining another space, all right, this other space has people in it, right? But what are those people actually like is kind of my question here. Are they identical to the people in our universe? Or are they like some sort of weird homunculus based on the perceptions and uh, preconceptions of the people or person making the other space? I think it would sort of depend on like what qualities you wanted the other space to have and what emerges from it i think if like you decided like okay there's people there but the people are basically giant snails then probably the giant snail people will be mostly just people um but they're giant snails but if you started to mess around like oh this is a world where where people don't like do this thing i don't like and then you create you change some behavioral quirk of the human condition then you don't know what you're gonna get even if they look human well and not just that like you know, there's of course like the pea zombie question, but I'm more think like, okay, when we tend to think of humans as an aggregate, or even like individual humans outside of ourselves, we tend to not define them with as much depth as we see in ourselves. Just yeah. like by virtue of we've spent a lot more time with ourselves than we have with any other person. We know ourselves a lot better than we know any other person. That's the where stereotypes and prejudices come from. Yeah, yeah. So that someone is removed from your experience. So when you're making a bunch of other people, do they have the depth and internality of an actual person? Or are they more like the depth and internality of how we see other people? Like it could be their internality is derived from your projections. Yeah. But it's still internality. But it's not as complex as, like, a real human being would. Or at least our universe's human being. Maybe not at first, but complexity can develop. Yes. In any, any, and any that's, that's system, a very good point. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Like, uh, at first they'll be kind of simple, but over time they'll develop more nuances. Like, if you're going to make, like, for example, if someone was, like, super into Star Trek, going back to Star Trek, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We keep uh, fucking going back to Star Trek. Or, 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 like, sci-fi, because sci-fi yeah. is very... Uh, it's well, it, it, it's concerned with a lot of yeah. the questions we're asking right now. Like, if you wanted to be like, I want to make Vulcan, and we're going to have real Vulcans, and they're perfectly logical beings, like, you know, like, I'm going to make a world of datas, and they're all sexy datas. Um, That's like, me. You're going to project, like, the what you think of... Like, for example, the Vulcans in Star Trek are meant to be super logical, but often they're very, just, clearly emotional. But if you Well, like, and that's also space, Spock. Like, our, our it's closest... Lots of them. It's our lots closest of them. and most extensive encounter with Vulcans is Spock, and he's half Vulcan. But, yeah, even then, like, we see... Vulcans express emotion all the time. And we, we also see Vulcans expressing logical fallacies constantly. Like, to, to, to polls, like, the Vulcan Science Academy has, has, has ruled that um, time travel is impossible, despite all the evidence that there was in, in that show yes. that it was possible. And it was clearly, like, argument from authority. It's like, wait, that's a clear logical fallacy to poll. Come on. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be logical. Well, well yeah, but that. logic... That becomes a question of how much are logical fallacies a human construct? The list of fallacies and all that. And how much is logic a human construct? Because it, like, I don't know, most, you need I mean, the, you, the, the general consensus, at least among, like, logicians and stuff, is that logic does exist outside of humanity. So, so fallacies, I believe, are more cultural. But, I mean, like, generally, the... Uh, I, with fallacies, I think 
it's not that they aren't arguments, it's that they're frequently used arguments that aren't actually very good, right? Yes. There's logic behind them, but they aren't as authoritative, I guess. My issue with Vulcans and like their constant like um they're like we're logical, we're logical. It's just like whenever you meet someone who just claims to be logical, it's like facts. I only care about the facts. I only care about rationality. But whenever like they're not always the best yeah. at actually using it. Yes. They're good at invoking it and good at like rationality is not a magic spell. You can't just say I am rational and become rational. Yeah, and we you know with Vulcans it's more of a cultural thing because, I mean, the Romulans are basically biologically identical to them, but they don't have any of that shit. Sure. They don't have sure. any but of that like, logic obsession going on. Well, that's the, the question is, like, if you were trying to build a Vulcan, what the hell would you get? Like, like what would it end up being? Um, it might not, it might look like the Vulcan, but... Like if you've put, if you've programmed or whatever, or established that your other space, like the inhabitants are perfectly logical. Um, what are the ingredients of, like the, of a Vulcan? Yeah, Pointy ears, Vulcan? widow's peak. Uh, um, um, repressed. Repressed sexuality. Repressed sexuality, except for a certain time. Well, yeah, except for except for when they go into heat. Which is well, you could also experiment. Like if you're going to go into like more Ursula K. Le Guin territory, if you were like doing, if you were like a a a maniacal gender studies major that was like, let's build a society where this is different and this is different and see what comes out. You don't know what you're gonna like. You don't know how. Yeah, let's Medley see. Let's see weird. what the Joanna Roos other space is like. Yeah, and it might not. It's not necessarily always going to be like. It's not going to be a disaster every time. Sometimes it'll be quite interesting, but it's not. It's almost certainly not going to be exactly as you. Expect. Yeah, and the other thing is that I mean, I guess from a scientific perspective, it's not really falsifiable, you know, because there's infinitely many little divergences from our universe's experimental environment that present issues with replicability, so to speak. Social sciences have enough of a replicability crisis without the problem of, all right, we've set up this entire alternate universe as our experimental environment. Does this apply to the main universe? You don't do Stuart once. You have to repeat the experiment. Well, but then there's slight differences in the wording of how you've defined the other space, and that might have extremely far-reaching implications on well, no, but you, the experiment. You, if you were doing it scientifically, you'd want to make sure that the ritual to build the other space was exactly the same and you'd repeat it over and over again to see if you got the same results. But the point, my, my key point is that this still may not replicate in the real world. Well, not the real world, but in the Big Dog universe, right? That's true. That's because true. just inherently there's going to be the scientists' bias, biases in how they view our universe, that even if they try to make another space that works exactly like ours, which I think is probably pretty much impossible because they don't have the sheer amount of occult power that went into the creation of our universe and goes into the continued maintenance of our universe. Well, it does still open opportunities because, for example, if there was some... Um other space scientists who were trying to apply like something akin to the empirical method they could build another space a bunch of times with the same like uh parameters and then publish the results in a secret journal and then other scientists around the world you can take their parameters which are written in very um specific terms um that could be used by anyone 
and they'll try to follow the experimental um, procedure and see if there's a difference. But this becomes a softer kind of science because it becomes more comparative. But then you can sort of isolate how much culture does have an effect. That, that's a fun experiment. Individual idiosyncrasies. That's a fun. That's a, like that's a fun trigger event. You go chasing after like the experimental procedure of one of your colleagues and seeing like, oh hey, where, who who did they survey for this? Where where do all where do all these results come from? And you realize that you just can't trace it to anyone in like your city or anywhere else in the country and eventually you realize that they made a universe just for this experiment just to run a survey yeah. and get results if you were being a scientist about it you would have to adjust your your methodology based on the way other spaces actually work but imagine explaining to the fucking peer review board so yeah just by the way i built this entire bubble universe to run this experiment in I'm not sure. I'm not sure they'd be very down with that. I, unless it's, I, I'm imagining some kind of like uh, gutter academia, <laughs> where it's like the, the the peer review board are all just like the local wizards. <laughs> that could actually be That's quite fun. fun That's actually. funny. The closest thing the occult underground has to like higher education. Yes, yes, um, and it's very sort of rickety. But they're trying to, you know, follow the uh, ideal of higher education, but. It sort of it reminds me of the um, we talked about uh, in that uh, bad road book with the the court that travels the itinerant court. Yeah. Um, I'm imagining a very the very... like jury rigged ghetto versions of um, like normie institutions for the occult underground. Yes, yeah, yes, that would be fun. That would be real fun because we know like okay because that's this is a question that I've thought about with um, in terms of like science. We know that science works and it's replicable, but we also know it's 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 made up bullshit because the universe is is humanocentric, and yet it works. It's it's it is it remains replicable. It remains we could build um, atom bombs and jet engines and all this sort of thing. So until the clergy decides to take away our our nuke privileges, I guess I, I doubt they're going to do that. Like but that. the thing is, I think it's something that they're capable of. Uh, I think it's not in all not all impossible that the universe used to be that the, that heliocentrism is only a recent development in our universe so to speak ah, that's that's the whole sort of like um uh what is it was it seems more like mage to me um or mage essentially at least where it was all more about the uh consensus reality and i'm not sure ananami's runs on consensus reality no yes i agree but i i tend to more think in terms of is heliocentrism helpful to the clergy in this moment is it advantageous for the clergy for the solar system to be a heliocentric one as opposed to i, don't think, I think i think it has always been a heliocentric one but we can <laughs> never know universe was built we can never know yes they all it could be get some hollow history in there and stuff but i don't know i don't i don't think that's how it works um but it might I guess the Earth was flat until about like 1730. Nah, like the, the I think it was like Archimedes. A lot of people throughout history have been able to figure out through the use of pretty simple tools that the Earth was round and still is round. I'm not sure why I use the past tense there. The Earth was flat between July 2nd, 1972, and September 4th, 1973. And there's all these hippies that can remember that. Yeah. No one else can. Yeah, yeah. It's some, that's some high-level Berenstein Bear stuff. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah, what like, the, um, the Mandela effect could just be easily the clergy just fucking with things. But that, that's sort of a lazy explanation, almost. Well, we'll get to that episode eventually. What were you saying? Mentioning the idea, this is, I'm, I'm going to lose it if I don't bring it up now, even though it's not really other space related, but if, if you mentioned taking our new privileges away, and I don't think that's going to happen, but then I was thinking, like, maybe, like, I could see situations like, for example, the Avatar of the Warrior, deciding or or some like very militaristic uh archetype deciding that that mutually assured destruction is bullshit um and and the and the nukes have meant that there haven't been any good wars anymore um and and it's just unacceptable so we should get rid of the nukes um and do you want to stop i mean well, like th think of what would go into sort of taking away our new privileges I'd like the thing that comes to mind is okay, the clergy would need to make it so that you can no longer split an atom, right? And well, the implications of that are terrifying. Like not just okay, we don't have nuclear bombs anymore, but huge swaths of the world's energy supply would no longer work. Um, well, they, 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 they could tailor it so that the energy supply still works, but just the bombs don't explode. Mm -hmm. They could do it. They could tailor it. Well, and the other thing that comes to mind is I'm worried it would sort of break suspension of disbelief, so to speak, but for reality. And what happens when you do that? Well, it would. people would just accept it. They would just be like, oh, this changed something. It would be weird for like a day. And then the, the, the implications of no more nukes would be a bigger direct problem. It would be interesting if, like, the first people that discover that nukes don't work anymore is, like, well, the Iranian nuclear program. But, they're like, wait a minute, we've, maybe this is why they don't have a nuke yet, they've been doing it for 20 years, and they're like, <laughs> the, 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 the clergy keeps shifting the goalposts. Um, they, but no, what I'm talking about is, like, there's a lot of people that would get very freaked out if the laws of physics very suddenly changed. Like, that, that's not how we I think have, of the world, and I guess would also, how much would also of the be a lot of people that would just how much of the would just shrug it off and say, "Sure, scientists sure. are stupid." But in the first place. They didn't my question is, how much the construction of the universe itself is based off sort of consensus and suspension of disbelief? Uh, well, very little, because uh, like. The, the laws of physics as they exist are ill understood by most people. We think, or those places may just not be defined yet. There well, may okay, very well we be contradictions in the construction of the universe. That, perhaps, yeah. perhaps. But I'm thinking, okay. We are kind of drifting like, into mage territory here. You are definitely right. It's, it's, see, see, and I like mage, and it's a good idea. But it's, it's, stuff, but I don't, it's different. It's not how I the universe like actually works in real life, unlike... This other role-playing game. I see that a mage-type universe as being more like a like it's a direct democracy, and people like they, it's like a, a deliberative democracy, a constant unconscious deliberative democracy. Well, Anunnaki's is very well, and like democracy. real direct, real life dem direct democracies, it is being constantly manipulated by intelligence agencies. Exactly, exactly. But so was that. So was so was the representative democracy cosmos of Anunnaki's. Um, it's just. It's more about the lobbying and the um, the slush funds and the pork barreling. While, God, this um, game's so fucking American. <laughs> it is. It is. It, it is in a way. Is. I, I say it's not, but it also is. Um, because, yeah, it does. It is applying. Because when you think about it, when you look at the... That's an interesting idea. Like, the universe was built by the last clergy, the collapse of the last clergy. So, the reset of the universe, maybe, like, the structure of the universe is more like the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> and you have to respect the U.S. Constitution, but amendments may be made. Yeah, the previous so then, universe the, functioned on more 
something more akin to a British parliamentary system. That yeah, that's interesting. That'd be fun. And it's, so, is the invisible clergy? Is it the legislature or is it the Supreme Court? Well, Maybe I mean, it's more separation of powers. It's it's the, the Senate, universe. right? Because like the Secret Senate, yeah, or yeah, the Senate, um, no, it's the other one. The the Secret Chiefs. Maybe there is like a secret Supreme Court as well of people who are. Um, they're not avatars exactly because they're not in the Senate. They're not in the clergy. They're they're more about respecting the the universe as it was built as the founding fathers. Maybe that's what the, the cruel ones are. That could be it. It's the Supreme Court. Yeah, well, Supreme Court and also like the reality cops. Yeah, yeah, it's an all-in-one judiciary system. So there is some separation of powers there to an extent. Um, and I like that because I like the idea that the... I do like the idea that when the universe does hit 333, then it's like whoever was in the clergy, that they're the ones who get their consciousnesses melted down and used as the uh, the building blocks yeah, of the next universe. Like and then all bets are off. But this particular one does have some structure. Um, some things that you, it's not are not easy to change. Because when you look at like um, cosmic objectives, you can change the world, but you can't change the fundamentals of it unless you can. Um, I just <laughs> a level up. Above cosmic, above cosmic, like meta cosmic. I don't know meta. That, What's above what cosmic? Uh, High powered campaigns. Multi cosmic, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, when for your like six year long on an army's campaign that has gone to cosmic, and then you play like, hey, we still want to play here. What 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 goes on after this? And that's when you that's when you have adept fights with the uh, cruel ones and shit. And then you're playing mage. Yes. And at some point it becomes mage. Then you're fighting like um, no, no. At that point it's just fucking nobilis. Yeah, it's at that point it's nobilis. Yeah, your unknown army lives long enough to become nobilis. That could be a lot of fun. Die hero or live long enough to become nobilis. That's a lot of fun. Um, you, your your campaign ends with all you guys ascending the invisible clergy, and then the next campaign is those same characters as gods of their various, like, domains, making the next universe. That would be fun, actually. You could use the Nobilis rules fairly yeah. easily for that. Um, it would be a bit more restrictive than normal Nobilis, but that could just be the... That's fine. That's actually good. You could just throw in the excruciants. Why not? Sure. Um, and then it becomes... What is it? The next one, the, the Chubo's... Yeah, Ch Chubo's machine. Magical wish Engine, I think. There you go. There you go. It's, it's a natural progression. So, is there anything else you want to cover on the topic of other spaces? I mean, like, we can kind of uh, just keep discussing this forever, because there's a... We could. Because it, it it's, it's literally it's every, it's, want to decide. It can, to it's literally anything. The possible... It can be literally anything. And that's, and that's what people love about it. But, um, I think that it is almost... 333. Oh, yeah, we need, uh, well, in, in Australia. Yeah, it's uh, always... Do you going to Australia for a bit? Or, sure, I, I sure. Well, I know, I know. Okay, where in Australia? Are we going to be in Perth again? No, 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 no. We'll be in... Um... Well, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, we, well, we, we go... go we, I'm sure house. we can figure out something to do to kill the next hour or so. Uh... All right. Is it just me, or has that that weird ship that is getting closer this entire time? Oh, the houseboat? Um, the house ship? The ship house? Yeah, the, the um, weird we scythe probably... thing. Yeah, we should probably get out of here. Um, I think here, let's let's just fashion this door. Alright. Um, okay, what do we do here? I think I knock three times. No, no, no. I can't remember how to get out of here. Um. Alright, let's. Yeah, the worst thing is when you fucking forget the ritual to get out of another space. Um. Oh fuck! It's three thirty-six. We we can still do it. We can still do it. We can still do it. Um, hold on. Hey, I'll, just, I'll use this keycard. How about okay, that? Okay, that works. Alright, all right, there we go. I think we've come into some kind of. It looks what? like a hotel. Uh, what the fuck? Not sure where this is. And like in the middle of inland Who's this guy? 
Welcome to Hotel Mandy. If you manage to leave, you may select which door you arrive through. Please choose your weapon. Welcome to Hotel Mandy. If you manage to leave, you may select which door you arrive through. Please choose your weapon. Welcome to Hotel Mandy. If you manage to leave, you may select which door you arrive through. Please choose your weapon. Welcome to Hotel Mandy. If you manage to leave, you may select which door you arrive through. Please choose... There we go. I think we've come into some kind of... Looks what? like a hotel. What the fuck? Not sure where this is. 